You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. We are broadcasting this week from the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island during the Detroit Regional Chambers Mackinac Policy Conference. Mayor Mike Duggan ran a campaign for re-election on the tangible changes residents could see in the city of Detroit. Streetlights turned on, snow plowed, plowed off the roads, blight removal, and a strengthening downtown and midtown. But Duggan has also received criticism along the way, even for some of those positive changes. So what's the plan for the rest of his tenure leading this city during an exciting time? Joining me now to talk about the city of Detroit is Mayor Mike Duggan. Welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, it's always great to see you. Uh, so let's just start with your assessment of where we are in Detroit right now. Uh, well, we uh, we keep putting one foot in front of the other yeah. and keep heading the right direction. And? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, everybody in the city has their own feeling about where we are, mm-hmm. and, and everybody's reality uh, is is the reality for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the, if you travel around the city with me, uh, you'd see the great majority of people feel we're going the right direction, feel good about that. Yeah. I, you know, I... I, I, I We've all turned our attention to neighborhoods, uh, more to neighborhoods uh, now and what's going on there. Can you talk about what point, uh, at what point we can say everyone in Detroit is feeling the changes that you're trying to enact? You know, everybody's feeling them to a different degree. I mean, everybody in the city uh, has street lights on. Everybody in the city has their grass cut in the parks. Everybody in the city has seen a, a huge cut in the 911 response time for both police and, uh, uh, and ambulance. Uh, what has been more uneven is the removal of blight. And when I started five years ago, we had 40,000 abandoned houses in the city. Now we've got 21,000. Uh, and so... A whole lot of people have seen dramatic change, but uh, there are areas where we have, we're boarding up now, but we haven't necessarily been uh, demolishing, and folks in those areas feel like uh, the progress is less. Uh, but at this point, uh, you know, we're, we're running a strategic neighborhood fund uh, where we got uh, $40 million in private investment to go into the West Village area to go into Verner in southwest Detroit to go into Livernois McNichols. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gone extremely well. You go over right now uh, to West Village and see uh, uh, the, the shops that have opened and, and what's happened to property values there. There's an article in the Free Press where people are complaining because property values are going up in southwest Detroit. we got the only city in America where the newspaper uh, writes a negative story. The property values are going up, but that's, that's our reality. Uh, and now we're pitching the foundations to put in another $130 million to go to seven more neighborhoods. Uh, and, and Kresge came out right off the bat with a $15 million commitment, and that's going well. So we are moving uh, from neighborhood from neighborhood, progressing from knock down the burned out houses to now let's build up the parks, let's build up the shopping distance, let's, let's rebuild the streets with beautiful streetscapes. Uh, and it's an exciting time. So, so I think some of what people are concerned about is people being left behind, this idea that the progress won't catch everybody. And your speech last year here on Mackinac, uh, I thought, put that in, in important historical context, that people have been left behind in our city uh, because of their race, in particular, uh, o- over decades. What is it, what is it that, that makes this look 
different from your point of view than the things that we dealt with in the past? You know, my point of view isn't really important. The point, it's the point of view of the residents is okay. important. Fair enough. But the, the great majority of the city understands that the 10 years before I got elected, 200,000 people left the city wow. of Detroit. Sure. It's an astonishing number. Uh, and the houses that were cleared out and their neighbors who left and, and the, the blight that was left behind. And those who have been here understand how hard it is to turn that around mm -hmm. but you go into neighborhood after neighborhood in the city now and you see people out working on houses houses being fixed up uh, the land bank is now selling almost 200 vacant houses a month uh, to people who are fixing them up uh, and moving in and so uh, I feel like we have a single concerted strategy uh, the 10 neighborhoods we're in now the neighbors themselves are in intense meetings with Maurice Cox, our planning director. Uh, they're planning what they want for the neighborhood. The people who stayed behind are leading the planning. Uh, and if you're in one of those 10 areas, you're now getting very excited. If you're in an area that we're boarding up the houses and that's, that's about all you've seen on Blight, uh, you're not as positive right now. And that's just the reality of what we're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, of course, all of this is constrained by the resources you have uh, and versus the resources that you might want to have, I guess. Uh, can you talk about what you think maybe could change in the way that we provide money for places like the city of Detroit? I mean, the state over the last 20 years has really changed the way it funds cities. Is it enough? You know, I, I, think, I think with the support of the corporate community, uh, at this point, you know, we are doing, we've got a $500 million water and sewer reconstruction plan over the next five years. Yeah. There aren't enough contractors to, to rebuild water. our water and sewer system. We did 100 million or 100 miles of road work last year and 80 miles this year. There aren't enough contractors to do more than that. Uh, if you try to do a home repair in Detroit today, try to find a contractor. So yeah, right. our constraints are not just money, which is why we do things like at Randolph, where we got $10 million into training skilled trades. We need Detroiters who've got the skills to fix up uh, the houses. So it's not just a money issue. There are a lot of pieces that have been stripped out of the city that we got to rebuild. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Uh, my guest is Mike Duggan, the mayor of the city of Detroit. We're talking at the Detroit Regional Chamber's Mackinac Policy Conference on Mackinac Island. I want to talk about the busing program, the youth busing program you talked about in your state right, of right. the city address. I, I said afterward that it was one of the most exciting things I've heard any mayor say they wanted to do in a really long time. Uh, we talked a little earlier with Nick Livedi about that. Um, uh, tell us where we are. With I am. I am so excited. Well, you know, it's, it's a fascinating meeting to have Dr. Vidi and the charter school operators in the room together. Right. And they've gone from hostility to this can work for everybody. So we're taking. So they the, were initially maybe a little apprehensive. It was about a little. It. You know, it's interesting. I, I had to get an agreement among the ten schools on the bus loop that they would not run negative criticism of each other as they recruit kids this summer. Oh, wow. Um, but it's but it's good. It's good. So we're taking the area from Fenkel to Eight Mile, from mm -hmm. Southfield to Livernois, mm -hmm. and we have ten Detroit public schools and four charters that have all signed the agreement yeah. that they're going to be on the bus loop this summer. So if you live in that area, we have ten K-8 schools. You can pick out whichever one is best for your son or daughter. They get to the closest one, and the bus will take them around, which means your strong performing schools in that area will see growth even if you don't have a car. Right. 
And if you get off work at 5 but school lets out at 3, we're going to run a first-class after-school program at the Northwest Activity Center on that loop, which means your child could walk up to their closest school, be bused to the school that specializes in drama or math or reading, whatever is right for your child. They can go to that school. After school, they can ride the bus to the after-school program where they get tutoring help. And at 5 o'clock, you get on the bus loop and ride back to their original school. Uh, and I, I've said a hundred times, I don't want to run the schools in Detroit. I want to be supportive. And providing transportation choices to parents and quality after-school programs, I think, is the right role for the city. And I am really pleased. Uh, at the way that the um, DPS leadership and the charter leadership have come together. We're going to roll this out this fall and we're going to do it well. Yeah. Um, how important is that transportation piece to the overall school picture? And while we're talking about transportation, let's talk about transit. Uh, this, this maybe take another run at it idea this year seems to be tripped up a little. You know, so uh, let me start with the schools. In, in, in I'm, we're going to roll this out formally next week, but there are 6,000 children in the area I talked about who got up this morning and went to school in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. If we can capture two or 300 of those That's kids right. back to the That's city, right. and I talk to parents who say, my kid's riding a bus 45 minutes to River Rouge because there's no transportation option here, not because the River Rouge School District are is setting so the world better, on fire. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and, and so I think this is going to be really key to keeping the kids in the city. And of course, these schools all have extra seats in the classroom. You bring more children in, and the schools have more resources. Now all of a sudden, art and music are back in the Detroit schools, as Dr. Vitti yeah. is committed to do. Yeah. Uh, now you're starting to make real progress. So I think this is huge. As far as regional transit, I, I just don't get it. I mean, you've got the corporate community saying, we've got to com compete with the major metropolitan areas across America, all of which understand that being able to move this next generation to work. This next generation does not want to spend 30 to 45 minutes commuting in a car. Mm -hmm. These kids are so connected to their smartphones and their tablets, they don't want to be off that long. Right. And the rest of America gets this. Our corporate community gets this. And it hasn't been Warren Evans and me driving this. It has been the business leaders. Uh, sure. across this region driving this, saying you're not understanding what's happening. So here. how come they can't get to Brooks Patterson? How come they can't get to Mark Hackle? I have no idea. I, you, know, the, I, I, you know what? They're going to do whatever they do. Sure. In the meantime, I do what I do. And so Tata Technologies uh, moves 150 people from Novi to Detroit. Yeah. Two weeks before that, Microsoft moves 400 people from Southfield to Detroit. Google is in the process of packing up right now and moving 150 people from Birmingham to Detroit. We, we have a competitive advantage in the city in that we've added 1,800 trips a week on DDOT. We're dramatically upgrading DDOT service that we're going to continue to upgrade the quality of transit within the city. And at some point, the leaders north of 8 Mile will have so much grief from their business community they can't fill jobs that we'll see a real regional transit system. I, I don't know that it'll be in 2018, but it's not Warren Evans and me criticizing. You haven't seen Warren or me say a bad word about Brooks Patterson or Mark Hackle. What they're reacting to is the anger from the business community. But uh, is it worth maybe going alone and saying, 
Wayne and Washington, for instance, can come up with something that... Uh, you know, the problem is the geographic distance. I yeah. mean, you, you get west of 275, and there's a huge, you know, unpopulated area between Detroit and Ann Arbor, whereas north of 8 Mile, you have a lot of jobs. So Density, I don't think right. it, it makes sense to have a regional transit system for half a region. I, I don't know. that We'll look at it, but I don't know if that's a viable option. Is it option. worth waiting to 2020 to try to take another I, shot? I, again, I'm going to do what we're continuing to do, yeah. which is continue to upgrade uh, D. Uh, which we're doing very steadily. Uh, and John Hertel's doing a good job at Smart, and we're working with him. Uh, and so uh, there are pieces of that that in some cases can help, but it's a drop in the bucket compared to Denver, Chicago, Atlanta, the people we're competing with for major companies. Uh, we're leaving ourselves at a huge competitive disadvantage. And I don't know how the business community could be any louder about that than they are. Okay. Mayor Mike Duggan, as always, great to see you. Good to see you, Steve. Thanks for being here. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow from the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island. I hope you will join us then. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Meir. Our program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And our associate producer is Gus Navarro. The Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobby, and remember, if you had to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.